Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the SSR Mining's Second Quarter 2021 Conference Call. This call is being recorded. At this time, for opening remarks and introductions, I would like to turn the call over to Alex Hunchak with SSR Mining. Thank you, Operator, and hello, everyone. Thank you for joining SSR Mining's Second Quarter 2021 Conference Call during which we will provide an update on our business and a review of our financial performance. Our financial statements and management discussion and analysis have been filed on CDAR, EDGAR, the ASX, and are also available on our website. To accompany our call, there is an online webcast and you will find the information to access the webcast in our news release relating to this call. Please note that all figures discussed during the call are in US dollars unless otherwise indicated. All references to cash costs and all sustaining costs are per payable ounce of metal sold. We'll be making forward-looking statements today, so please read the disclosures in the relevant documents. Joining us on the call today are Rod Antle, President and CEO, Allison White, CFO, and Stuart Beckman, COO. Now, I'll turn the call over to Rod for his opening remarks. Thanks, Alex, and good afternoon and good morning to you all, and thanks for joining today. I'm going to speak first to the fantastic second quarter performance. The results have reinforced the quality and consistency of our operations as we reported a number of significant production milestones. At Chirpler, despite a planned maintenance shutdown in quarter two, we set a record for tons processed in the sulphide plant. At Marigold, we reported record material move for both the quarter and the half year period while at CB in Pune, we delivered record quarterly and half-year metal production. In quarter two, we produced 200,000 gold equivalent ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of $961 per ounce. For the first half, we produced 396,000 gold equivalent ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of $983 per ounce. With another strong quarter, it is clear all four of our operations have been and continue to perform very well. This is especially pleasing given we have avoided the common risks associated with post-merger deterioration in operating performance as teams adjust to new leaders and priorities. For SSR, it is now almost one year post-merger and with four quarters of really strong performance, we have clearly delivered and more. This is a fantastic effort and a credit to everyone across the business. We are far from done and currently have a significant focus on the many potential growth opportunities within our portfolio. This operational strength has translated into strong cash generation as we delivered $100 million in free cash flow in the second quarter and $177 million in the first half, which is supporting our peer-leading capital returns program. In addition to our quarterly base dividend, we announced a meaningful NCIB program 
of up to $150 million in April this year, allowing us to purchase up to 10 million shares. I am pleased to report that we have been executing against our NCIB and in the quarter we purchased 4 million shares for cancellation, returning $70 million to our shareholders. One of the key disciplines we've implemented at SSR is to continually review and assess our asset portfolio. As part of our ongoing reviews, we determined the substantive royalty portfolio was non-core and wasn't well recognised nor valued by the market. We successfully ran a process leading to an accretive sale with total proceeds of $100 million that we announced last week. That valuation well exceeded the consensus value assigned to the royalty portfolio and showcases another example of our efforts to deliver positive returns to our shareholders. From a growth perspective, our robust balance sheet continues to allow us to invest in valuating capital projects while advancing our large organic development and exploration portfolio. We have a number of exploration updates coming from across the business in the coming months, which will allow you to follow our progress. Stu will give you a flavour of these a little later. The primary purpose of our development and exploration program is to establish our ability to sustain seven to 800,000 ounces of gold production for at least 10 years. So turning to the next slide on ESG. Pleasingly, we continue to see positive health and safety trends at our operations, reflecting our focus and efforts to improve the well-being of our employees, contractors and communities. We are accomplishing these improvements despite pervasive challenges with COVID globally where our mitigation efforts have enabled us to avoid any COVID-related shutdowns at our operations this year. Our commitment to our communities and the environment remains front of mind as we continue to deliver against our priorities outlined in our 2020 sustainability report. This included our commitment to begin establishing an action plan to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. We have also begun to improve disclosures on climate and water management by responding to the Carbon Disclosure Project and aligning our reporting with the requirements of the Task Force on climate-related financial disclosures. We are proud of our continuous efforts to improve in our approach to ESG and will continue to not only report on our progress, but look for new ways to further our presence as a leading and progressive ESG steward. Moving on to the next slide. As I noted, our first half production of 396,000 gold equivalent ounces at the all-in sustaining cost of $983 per ounce compares favourably to our full-year guidance as shown on this slide. With an excellent first half, the outlook for the remainder of the year has us well on track to meet our guidance ranges. From a production perspective, our larger operations at Chirpler and Marigold are currently tracking to the midpoint of guidance. At Pune and CB, we experienced better than expected half one, largely as a result of the excellent operating results and one-off benefits which Stu will discuss later. From a cost perspective, our all-in sustaining cost is tracking to the low end of guidance. We're investing in several, several high-return growth opportunities across our business, including capital projects like the Chepler Flotation Circuit, exploration drilling and investing in work to complete a number of technical reports all designed to improve both the longevity and value of SSR. Stu will touch on a number of these 
shortly. Let's moving on to the next slide on our quarterly highlights. We've already covered some of the quarterly highlights, so I'm not going to spend much time on this slide. Alison and Stu will provide a more detailed overview in a minute. However, a few of the highlights that are relevant to consider for this quarter. Our safety performance continues to improve and operationally we're hitting records across the business. Financially, the strong operating result delivered an adjusted EPS of 46 cents per share. We generated $100 million in free cash flow where the lion's share was used to support our NCIB, dividend payments and debt servicing. And after all the cash outflows, we were still able to maintain a net cash position of over $500 million, providing us with the flexibility to advance our large organic pipeline. With that, I'll turn the call over to Alison, who will discuss our financial performance in more detail on slide number seven. Thanks, Rod, and hello, everyone. It was another outstanding quarter, and I'm pleased to speak to the results shown on slide seven. Continuing our track record of success, following last year's merger, we produced 199,673 gold equivalent ounces during the quarter and sold 201,504 gold equivalent ounces for a total of $377 million in revenue for Q2, delivering a solid first half of the year with $743 million in revenues. Attributable net income for the quarter was $54 million or $0.25 cents per share, and adjusted attributable net income was $101 million with adjusted attributable earnings per share of $0.46. Cents. In the first six months of the year, attributable net income was $107 million or $0.49 cents per share, and adjusted attributable net income was $203 million or $0.93 cents per share. On the right side of the slide, I'd like to provide some commentary on our reported $0.46 cents in adjusted earnings per share that is calculated based on our definition of adjusted attributable net income per share. We start with our attributable net income of $0.25 cents per share and then make adjustments to exclude the after-tax impacts of specific items that are not reflective of the company's ongoing operations. Each of those items is outlined in the waterfall chart on the right of the slide with the largest of the adjustments for $0.10 cents due to our recent announcement of the sale of our non-core royalty portfolio for $100 million, which remained accretive to our NAV against analyst consensus estimates, and an adjustment for $0.11 cents related to the amortization of the fair value as a result of the adjustment to bump up the value of inventory and mineral properties at Scherpler at the time of acquisition. Additionally, I'd also like to highlight our review on inflationary pressures across the business, particularly given our ability to manage through those headwinds in the first half of 2021. First, we find that inflation in both Turkey and Argentina, which accounts for slightly more than half of our 2021 production guidance, is largely offset by the associated currency devaluation in those countries. This has proven true for us historically, and we anticipate that it will continue into the future. Across the business, we have been able to manage other cost pressures through our continuous improvement practices that we have ramped up since the closing of the merger last year. Sue will touch on these initiatives in more detail later on, but our refreshed approach towards supply chain and procurement practices is placing us in a position to better absorb any potential inflationary increases as we are focused on value extraction 
and cost savings. Turning to slide eight, we can talk about SSR's balance sheet strength. SSR Mining closed the quarter with $908 million in consolidated cash, reinforcing our balance sheet strength as well as our significant liquidity. As noted previously, effectively 100% of our quarterly free cash flow was put towards share repurchases, dividend payments, and debt servicing. We remain well positioned to continue our capital allocation policy, fully funding our portfolio of organic growth opportunities while maintaining our significant capital returns to shareholders. Additionally, within the quarter, we amended our existing undrawn revolving credit facility, increasing the size of the facility from 75 million to 200 million with an additional 100 million accordion feature over a four-year tenor. Our net cash to EBITDA ratio is 0.6 times, again, demonstrating our resolve and placing us in the top quartile of our peer group. As we look ahead, we will remain active on our share buyback program, maximizing purchases where possible. Subsequent to the quarter's end, we purchased an additional 2 million shares for cancellation. Our share repurchases now total 6 million of the allowable 10 million shares under the NCIB, clearly demonstrating our commitment to deliver capital returns to our shareholders. In addition to the NCIB, we again declared a five cent dividend per share during Q2. On slide nine, we can talk more about SSR's position as a free cash flow leader and our capital returns. Our continued track record of success has bolstered our cash flows with operating cash flows at 149 million and free cash flow of 100 million during the quarter. We have aggressively repurchased shares through our share repurchase program buying back 70 million of shares during the quarter and an additional 2 million shares following quarter end in July. Highlights for us so far this year include 177 million in free cash flow in the first half, as well as 125 million in capital returned to shareholders in the year-to-date period. We anticipate that our cash flows for the second half of the year will remain strong and will be equally weighted to the first half of the year. We are confident that our capital allocation program provides attractive yields for our shareholders. SSR Mining's free cash flow yield of 10.9% is well above the peer group at 4.2%. And SSR's capital return yield of 3.5% for, for the year-to-date period is already above the projected mid-cap yield of 3.4% for the entire year. We are looking forward to continuing our track record and delivering consistent financial and operational results. Our capital allocation priorities include investing in growth, returning cash to shareholders, and maintaining balance sheet strength. The combination of a leading return and significant free cash flow generation differentiates SSR mining. We will continue to execute on our priorities, both financially and operationally, as we move through 2021. Stu will walk you through the operational highlights starting on page 10. Thank you, Alison. First off, ESG. The never-ending drive to improve ehs and through the business continues, with all sites showing marked improvement in performance. For the first half of this year, our teams more than halved the recordable injury rate when compared to 2020. 
With support from third-party experts, we kicked off a program aimed at mapping our pathway to achieving the new commitments made in our recent sustainability report, including net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. Rollout of our new integrated ESG management and information systems is gaining momentum, and all of the sites are now completing gap assessments against the new standards and are building their compliance plans. Our new standards are aligned to and meet or exceed contemporary expectations and industry standards. Recognising the organisation's effort and performance, our rating was upgraded from B to A in the latest MCSI ESG report. The operations are doing a great job of managing COVID, each site doing so with its own tailored approach. Vaccination rates of our workforce have been good to excellent with over 70% having had at least one shot already. CB is at 76%, Marigold 41%, Puna 67% and Chirpler an impressive 85% vaccinated. Moving on to operations and growth. The second quarter continued the performance trend from Q1 with strong production numbers and good cost control. We manage the things that are in our control and so the sites are focused on operational excellence which includes productivity improvement and cost control. The OE program is in two streams, a continuous improvement stream which is a foundation of reliable and optimised production and cost control. As part of the continuous improvement work we are currently completing an opportunities baseline across all of the sites. This will identify and collate opportunities and squeeze more out of our existing assets. The opportunities are then being built into our plans and budgets for the rest of 22, 21 and 22. The other part of the OE is an innovation stream, which is looking to step change performance of the operations by application of divergent or disruptive technologies. Our current focus in this space is on the digital opportunity, such as AA and AI. We've already had some wins in this area, and so we're stepping up the resourcing. Additionally, we're improving our resourcing and processes in the supply chain space to ensure that we continue to optimise our working capital input cost position. Moving on to the sites and Chirpa on slide 11. The Chirpa sulphide plant continued to process well above design rates and half one was another record half year throughput. The, autoclave, the shutdown of autoclave number one that had been delayed from Q1 was completed as planned and with no surprises. There are no further scheduled major autoclave shutdowns this year. The flotation plant construction and operational readiness activities have now been completed on time and on budget. This fantastic achievement by the project team, despite the impulse of COVID, is testament to a Herculean effort by some individual, individuals and the company's ability to deliver projects. We are still busy exploring in the Chirpler district with some good results. We currently have seven drill rigs at Arditch and plan to issue an exploration update for the project later this month, so keep an eye out for that one. An order of magnitude study for Chirpler Copper C2 is underway. This study aims to leverage the considerable copper-driven mineral value within and immediately adjacent to the reserve and resource shells that the current mine plan does not exploit. If the study is positive, we plan to request funding and move the project to a pre-feasibility study to be incorporated in the Chirpler District Technical Report, CDMP 21. Artich will move to the reserve case and be the significant feature of the updated CDMP21 technical report, which we aim to complete and release by Q1 next year. 
Let's move to see. Let's move to Marigold on slide 12. Mine tons were another record, and gold production was within 250 ounces of the previous half-year record. Coincidental with the warmer weather, the new Komatsu PC7000 shovels dropped in reliability in the quarter, following what was very good performance in Q1. We fully expect these issues to be resolved. Work to drill and equip dewatering bores continued, and the water table drawdown rates look good. Overall, the project is expected to be completed on time. Stripping of the five end pits to the north of the property advanced well with easier than expected mining and first benches. Exploration at Marigold is mostly focused around the existing pits and is ramping up at Trenton Canyon. Overall, we drilled just over 20,000 metres for the quarter. A second a soil sampling program covering areas not previously tested at Trenton Canyon also neared completion. We plan to provide an exploration update release for the Greater Marigold project before the end of this year. Move to slide 13. CB's quarter was outstanding, delivering record quarter and half-year production. An unexpected very high-grade zone was encountered at the bottom of the Santoy Lower 9 zone at the edge of the resource model. Mine design is being modified to re-establish access to allow further exploration testing of the area and to regain access for mining operations, which we are targeting for early next year. The CB operation is mine rate limited. Throughput was slowed for the CB plant during the periods of very high grade feed, so not to overload the circuits with gold, which is a great problem to have. As a result, there's been a build-up of the mill feed stockpile, which will be drawn down through the rest of 2021 using the plant catch-up capacity. Pleasingly, Underlying mine production <coughs> metrics have also been steadily improving at CB, with a number of their continuous improvement projects bearing fruit. Exploration within the operating Santoy mine continued drilling out of the gap hanging wall and the Santoy hanging wall targets, looking to pull these into reserve and resource and into the mine schedules in the nearer term. Drilling also continued at the distal exploration sites of MacNorth, Joker and Fisher. Additionally, we commenced drilling at Amisk, our other active Saskatchewan exploration site. I will provide an update on this in due course. And something for everyone to look forward to, later this quarter we'll release an exploration update for CB, which will include work on the Fisher properties. Moving on to slide 14. Huna continued to step it up, delivering production records yet again. Good production and cost control drove the all-in sustaining costs down to $14 an ounce, or under $14 an ounce. The changeover to owner haulage from the mine to plant started in April, and the performance has been much better than expectation, helping to reduce operating costs. Planning for Puna is now being redone, assuming better mine performance, higher throughput rates, and a lower cost base. Let's move on to slide 15. <coughs> for the exploration pipeline. I've pretty much covered off everything in here with the site discussions, but I just wanted to add a couple of comments on, a, on some of the other projects. We had boots on the ground in St. Louis in Peru. Some of our team from the Denver and Vancouver-based exploration group are mapping and reinterpreting the area. At Copper Hill, in, our partner started a summer drilling program. Copper Hill is in the Black Sea region of Turkey. In April 2020, we released exploration results for the property for eight holes, a number of which had very clean high-grade copper mineralization intercepts, 
close to the surface, including 41 metres at 2.6% copper. This current Copper Hill drilling campaign is aimed at stepping out to test the extent of mineralisation. Initial observations are very encouraging and I aim to get this season's drill results to you before the end of the year. So something else to look forward to. So wrapping it up, it was a good quarter for the business and the operations and growth teams. Thank you very much and back to you, Rod. Thanks, Stu, and thanks, Alison. Lots to look forward to. To summarise, the first half of 2021 has clearly demonstrated the strength of our business and our commitment to shareholder returns. Since the merger, we have delivered record productivity across the portfolio, reinforcing SSR Mining's appeal as a leading mid-tier gold producer. With a robust portfolio of organic growth opportunities, we expect to provide a number of exploration updates to the market through the second half of this year. It is our belief that our strong free cash flow, peer leading capital returns and significant growth optionality will support a premium valuation more appropriately reflecting the quality of our assets and our people. So with that, I'll now pass the line over to the operator to take questions you may have. Thank you, Izzy. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. Your first question today comes from Tyler Langton. Please go ahead. Yeah, good afternoon, Rod Alson and Stuart, and uh, thanks for taking my questions. Um, I guess just to start, and you touched on the inflation and uh, mentioned that I guess the sort of FX was kind of offsetting pressures at, uh, at Puna and Chopler, but I guess in terms of Marigold and CB, could you talk about, I guess, you know, sort of, you know, for what items you're seeing inflation and sort of how much, and then just a little bit more details on how you're offsetting it and if you have any... Um, any contracts um, or, or, or hedges that might be helping as well? Hey, Tyler. Um, thanks for the question. This is Allison. So, um, yes, we we do have, um, you know, as we stated, we do have sort of offsetting inflation at Puna and at Chirpler in Turkey, offsetting inflation uh, to currency devaluation. And at CB and Marigold, um, you know, that's where the, the part that Stu really touched on in terms of continuous improvement and the activities that we're working on in the business um, has really helped us to not see as much inflation um, through that, that process. Um, and then we do have an active hedge program within the organization, um, and we are constantly reevaluating um, if those, you know, hedges are meaningful for the organization, and we will continue to do that. Okay, thanks. And then I guess with um, with Tripler, um, I guess you know, versus my numbers, it looked like the growth capex and sustaining capex was kind of a little below, um, you know, sort of the you know annualized you know for the for the full year. Should that pick up in the second half? And then I think in the MDNA, there was also some mention about waiting for sort of permits for the uh, flotation circuit, and then I guess stage four for the tailings. I don't know if that's related, you know, to the capex at all, but just sort of any details there would be helpful. I'll just touch on the permits first, Tyler, and then I'll pass over to Stu and uh, Alison to talk specifically about some of the other questions. But um, yes, we're, look, we are waiting for the uh, the, the final permit um, at Chirpler for the um, for the uh, flotation circuit. 
you know, cl- clearly we've had a, a long track record of success in the country of getting, you know, getting permits. And um, we are, while the process doesn't always equate our needs, um, we've always been able to get them, um, get them in the past. It's been more perverse, definitely with uh, with COVID, you know, when impacting the uh, the other uh, governments and and their their uh, their push to get things done. But we know that the permits are now awaiting final signature, and we expect them soon. So. Um, that should um, that should come here pretty shortly. So just on the other questions, I'll let Stu and Alison talk about it. Tyler, I'll touch on the, the CapEx questions that you have. And we do anticipate that as the um, year continues, we will um, spend what we're anticipating uh, or what we were originally planning for and what we are anticipating um, we will spend. So, um, you know, look to see that maybe uptick a little bit as the year progresses. I think we've pretty much covered it off, Tyler. So our expectation is that we'll spend the exploration work as well that we planned. Um, the capital, the cap, we're finalising all of the, the incoming capital. We think we've ticked and tied everything for the flotation plant now, and we won't get any surprises out of that. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with five to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10, H-E-R-O dot C-O. All right, great, thanks so much. Thank you. Your next question comes from Cosmos Chi with CIBC. Please go ahead. Thanks, uh, Rod, Alison, and Stu, and good job, Alex. Uh, first off, congrats on a, a very strong Q2. Um, maybe my first question is also on Chirpler here. Um, you know, uh, Rod, on permitting, I just want to get a sense. Um, you know, it sounds like there's been a delay, but I guess, you know, my question is two parts. Number one, uh, it sounds like you've already started the water runs and also, you know, some of the uh, commis- commissioning work at um, at the flotation. So could you maybe talk about what permittings are still needed and, um, you know, when should we start, you know, getting a bit worried in terms of timing? And then the second part is uh, in terms of the stage four tailings, as you said, there's been a slight delay as well. Could you talk about the capacity right now, tailings capacity with stage three, and when would you need that uh, stage four capacity? Because I'm going to pass that one over to Stu. So there was like, I think, four parts of that question. So yeah. why should we have from With regards to the uh, flotation plant. We are waiting for the update of the EIA for Chirpler, and then after that, we have a uh, an operating permit, which normally takes a couple of weeks to get after we get the EIA. Our understanding, uh, um, we believe that the 
EIA has passed all of the bureaucratic processes through the department and is now the ministerial office. So we hope it's not too long. Um, like everywhere, everything's been closed down and by COVID. And, um, and then we've just had um, the big religious holiday, the Byram holidays, so everything's sort of pretty much stopped. So we're waiting for people to get back up to speed coming out of that. Um, so hopefully it'll come soon. Um, we're putting a mitigation process, so we're, we're dealing with the blends that we've got in front of us uh, that, um, in the best way that we can with the material that we've got. And we believe that, um, you know, at a stretch, we'll make uh, we'll make it into guidance even if we didn't get the permit. So we're pretty confident that we'll get there, um, and it uh, it'll be it'll be um, coming soon. We hope. Hmm. Um, what was the other part of your question? It was very long. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I'll keep uh, my next questions to one or two. Uh, with regards. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, with regards to the tailings, so um, we've got all of the what requirements. Completion at um, this stage, um, and there's a there's a small piece of land in the next stage which we require which we require uh, to get um, for the next phase, and that's required. I'd have to go and check my notes, but it's not. I think it's somewhere about August 23 um, uh, that that's required by. So we've, we're working to ensure that we've got mm -hmm. those in good time. Um, we're obviously yeah. always busy working to get those well in front of what we need. Yeah, and Stu, I guess the other part of my question was, um, how much tailings capacity do you have right now, and, and when would you need the capacity coming from stage four? Um, as I said, not until um, into 2023. We're a long oh, way ahead. Okay. Sorry, okay. So, we're building, we're constantly building um, the tailings dam, so uh, in front of us, and we're well, and we're well ahead. Okay, of course. Um, maybe uh, switching gears a little bit here, coming back to uh, CV, um, I noticed that, um, you know, the, the head grade in the quarter was uh, spectacular, 13.19 gram per ton. Um, you know, I guess the first part of my question is, um, is that sustainable? And, you know, part two is, uh, it sounds like, um, you know, it was a positive grade surprise to you as well in the Santor lower nine. Um, could you talk about was it positive grade reconciliation to your block model, and if it was, um, you know how how much of that, uh, how mu how positive was it? Yeah, so so we had positive reconciliation not just in that area but um, in the mine. Um, we do get these from time to time in the mine. Um, it was very positive and it was on the edge at the very bottom of um, the resource. So it is positive in that we're drilling out um, and we will probably get uh, to extend out beyond what's in the current reserve. But we don't know how much that'll be yet because that'll be your next question um, mm -hmm. until we finish the drilling. So um, we've, we're putting in a, um, a, a drive now to, we've already put a few holes into it, but we're putting in a drive now to get some more drilling into it. And then we're gaining access and putting in another uh, drive to gain access to get back in and do some more mining next year. Um, but that, you know, there were areas of it that were spectacular grade. Generally, that stoke came out at, at uh, over 15 gram a ton. Mm. Okay. And could you maybe, you know, comment on the potential grade for the second half for CB or, or not, not at this time? No, I wouldn't like to speculate. Okay. Um, and then uh, one last question maybe on Marigold here. Um, you know, again, uh, Q2 grades were good, 
first half grades were good. Um, you know, what should we expect for potentially the second half? And then uh, on that, <clears throat> I believe uh, if I were to work out, you know, it's always tricky with uh, heat leeches. But it looks like the uh, first half recovery was about 81%. Um, you know, if you are expecting potentially lower grades in the second half, could that impact uh, recovery as well? Um, yeah, well, you're right about the recoveries. So, um, you know, we're running we're running three heaps at the moment um, of various lengths. So, you know, the breakthroughs range anywhere from 50 to four days, um, depending which heap we're stacking and leaching from. So, um, but overall, the grade for this half will be the same as it was for the first half. Um, Great. Um, and then maybe, you know, one last question to, to kind of wrap it up. I, I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse, but, uh, you know, the, the new I word seems to be the new F word these days, and that's inflation. Um, in terms of inflation, you know, you talked about currency impact offsetting inflation. We've also heard from some other companies. It seems like, you know, labor, there's cost pressures, energy, there's cost pressures, uh, other input costs, there's cost pressures. Um, you know, could you maybe comment on the different areas? What are you seeing the most potential cost pressures uh, at your, you know, some of your different operations here? Is it labor? Is it uh, energy cost? What, what are we talking about? So we are seeing some cost pressures um, in relation to diesel, and um, we have not necessarily experienced some of the same labor pressures that um, others have talked about. Um, but we will be, um, you know, continuing to reevaluate that. Some of our other input costs, um, we are currently actually in the process of renegotiating uh, for cyanide and, and things at, at a few of our sites. So we have not, um, we have not experienced some of the same inflationary pressures that some of our other um, companies are seeing. Mm -hmm. That's good to hear. Um, thanks again. Those are all my questions, and uh, congrats again on a very good uh, Q2. Thank you. Your next question comes from Obi Tabib with Scotty Bank. Please go ahead. Thanks, Operator. Hi, Rod and team, and uh, congrats on a, on a very solid quarter. Uh, a lot of my questions have been answered already, but just uh, maybe um, just wanted to see, you know, in, in regards to COVID uh, at in in Turkey, any any sort of impacts at Joker that you're seeing, and any kind of mitigated mitigation factors that you're putting in place? I uh, know yeah, Chirpa have done an outstanding um, effort in managing it, and the the Turkish health system is actually very good as well um, for anyone that's been there. Um, we we have a isolation process coming on site, so we have all, almost um, immediate turnaround um, with our own medical staff coming into site, testing people for um, a PCR test and also an antibody test. Uh, if you carry enough antibodies um, and, um, and your PCR clear, uh, you can access site immediately. Otherwise, you go into quarantine for a week and then we retest you before you go back onto site. And they're still running that protocol, despite the fact that they're 85% immunised um, across both the workforce and the um, um, and the contractors on site, so they've done, they've really done an outstanding an outstanding effort there, and have, have managed it um, very well. 
that's 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 great to hear. And and just uh, kind of, I think uh, Cosmos kind of put pushing towards, uh, you know, looking at, you know, how CB is looking in the second half, how kind of Chopra is, you know, unfolding. Uh, and Marigold, you said, kind of Marigold is going to be flattish, um, I would say, you know, just based on the grade going into the second half. I mean, in terms of what you produce to date, it's about 395,000 ounces. Top end of guidance is is, is close to, let's say, eight, uh, 800,000 ounces. You know, if CB does get some good outperformance and and Chopner gets the flotation going, do you expect to kind of you know hit over that guidance level? You know, is that what why you're being conservative to see how these things perform before you um, start talking about you know achieving over and above your guidance? No, I think I think as we sort of said in the script, Scovas the. Um, you know, for the for the larger operations, which is both Marigold and Chirpula, we're tracking more towards the midpoint of guidance. And while while Puna and Subi have certainly shown well in the first half, it doesn't necessarily translate that we're going to go through the uh, through the top. So, um, you know, if, if quarter three turns out again uh, to give us some positive surprises, then obviously we'll reassess it. But at this stage, we're we're saying will be in that sort of, you know, that, that guidance range that we originally put out. Got it. And just, uh, what, what, you know, just moving into on, on the exploration side, uh, you said that they were, we're expecting a couple of updates in terms of exploration uh, over the next uh, month or so. Is, is Rod, the focus still near mine exploration, you know, looking at, you know, additional satellite bits and, and kind of improving um, the the you know the the confidence in in reserves and resources at CB. Yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's both. So our our main focus is is near mine in order for us to be able to convert. So at CB, it's it's Santoy and the Gap Hanging Walls because they're the next door source. But we're also step, stepping out to extend those. Um, one of the things that we want to do is, and, and we're putting more resources into it is extend our horizon, our time horizon at CB so that we can plan in the longer term, you know, rather than having a sort of a rolling shorter um, reserve. Because, you know, the belief is that everybody that has anything to do with CB is that we've got a much bigger um, resource there. It's just that we haven't defined it. Um, and if we have a better understanding of the extent of the mineralisation, um, then we can, you know, we can plan for expansion of the mine and sort of longer longer capital and um, look at the mine through a different paradigm. So that's pretty exciting. Certainly at Chirpla, um, you know, we've got the work that we're doing on um, on, um, on the copper mineralisation that sits in and around the existing resource and reserve shells. Um, this was never valued in um, um, the value of the ore coming to the plant because at the moment we don't recover it, even though the plant was designed um, to be able to tack on a copper recovery circuit at the back end, but we're looking at that again through a different paradigm of what do we what happens if we recover that copper coming in? So with a flotation plant, uh, perhaps producing a, a, a pyrite concentrate, which would then supplement the feed going to the autoclaves and push our overall production up and produce copper from the circuit. So that's pretty exciting. Artich is coming out shortly. Um, you know, we, you know, we're going to share another, um, I think it's uh, just under 200 holes there, both holes that were infill holes in the resource, um, you know, bringing up the confidence levels in the resource and the reserve for Artage. 
um, and then also um, step out holes where we're extending outside what was previously published for the for the resource there. Um, and then, um, you know, we're already working on it. Uh, those that data will be uh, included in the work that we do, and we're updating the technical report for the Chirpley District Master Plan, as we call it, and we'll roll that out um, at the beginning of next year. So, you know, what you saw the extra million ounces and almost um, um, $500 million in NPV should uh, become, uh, go into reserve, grow a bit, um, and then make it into the base case of the valuation for the business. So we've got quite a lot of work going on at the moment, um, pushing that out. And of course, all of the work going around Marigold as well. So we've got both immediately adjacent to uh, the current workings, and then you know we're really picking up what we're doing down at Trenton Canyon as well. Good stuff. Um, that's it for me, Rod. And uh, again, congrats on a great quarter. Thanks, Abias. Cheers. Thank you. Your next question comes from Mike Parkin with National Bank. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Congrats on the quarter. Um, just a couple follow-up questions. With Trenton Canyon, where does that stand with regards to permits? Does the fact that it's an old historic site does, are those permits still intact, or would you have to go through a permitting phase to restart operations there? Um, so there are some permits there, um, but what we're doing at the moment is is, is re-exploring the area as well. So um, it'll depend what we find and what we want to develop and what we need to what we decide we want to do down there. So I can't I can't answer your question at the moment. It's not. Okay, um, and then with regards to Marigold as a whole, uh, the last study back from 2018 showed there's a production dip in 2024 and 2025, but since then you've picked up a couple little pieces of land within the main uh, mine plan area as well as uh, you know, ongoing exploration success, and then a little bit of a change here at the water table, which pushed some of the higher grade uh, tons out into, it seems, 2022, 2023. So do you guys see a potential where that dip could be softened, if not eliminated? So the, the answer is yes. Uh, we're going to issue a three-year guidance at the end of this year, which will We'll give our updated life and mine plan across those years that you're asking about. And we've started planning to do the work, to do an updated technical report, um, and we'll call it the um, Merigold um, District Master Plan, which takes into account um, all of the things that, uh, that we think we're going to do to develop Merigold as a whole property. So. Sounds good. Looking <coughs> forward to that I one. I other things. The other thing we said, Mike, you know, this is this is a, a common theme across the portfolio. While while Chirpel is relevant um, because we, you know, we we put out the the uh, last tech report um, just um, last year, um, the the other operations also need that refresh. So that's part of the investment into these tech reports to to um, to refresh ourselves and also and also the market, obviously about. Uh, what the assets actually look like rather than sort of talking about stuff that's three, four, five years old. Yeah. Right. Uh, and with Chirpler, so that update, 
from the last update we got, we had some high-grade ounces out at the back end of the mine plan just because of the category they sat in. Now with this up, update coming, those would be coming into reserve, it sounds like, so we could have those properly sequenced, moved forward ahead of stockpile processing. Is that correct to assume? Yes, of course. And that, that's that's how it would be scheduled. The only reason they sat at the back end was um, we we didn't um, want to displace um, reserve material with with um, the material from Artich, some of which was only at a third category because it uh, upsets the regulators. So you know it would it would naturally be sequenced into the plant as soon as as soon as it was available. Okay. And then final question for me with CB. You know, you're getting some great surprise. Does that, from what I recall, you actually have a massive amount of gold at that deposit that comes through uh, as free gold and comes out in the gravity circuit. Does the grade reconciliation tend to sit with that type of mineralization where it's better free gold than expected, maybe a negative effect, or is it something else that, kind of surprises you to the upside when that happens? Um, we do get surprises to the upside at CB, and it is it is a difficult-to-predict mine, as all nuggety, um, vein-hosted um, um, uh, gold deposits are. Our reconciliation um, in the plant is always um, very high. Um, the recovery is always very high. Um, but the reconciliation tends to be high uh, positive and we tend to get positive surprises from time to time. Um, naturally, when when you go through and do the work for the resource estimation, um, if you have unusual highs, they usually get smoothed out um, so as not to overestimate. Okay. okay, that's it for me, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. We are showing no further questions at this time. This does conclude our question and answer session today. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.